What's going on, guys? Hey, it is the weekend. Why here on the Culture Jack Podcast? Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We've got really a lot of just speculation stuff and some stuff to talk about. And you're not going to want to miss it. Before I dive into today's movie and TV news, hit that subscribe button, guys. It takes a second to do it. It's pretty simple. I promise you that. And of course, share. If you like it, give us uh, some stars, drop us a review. And of course, feel free to comment on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We are on route to 200 regular episodes. Plus, we've got something like over 50 extra credit episodes. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So let's go ahead and dive into today's. Weekend Wire episode. <clears throat> so I'm going to kick this off with coming out this week. So if you're listening to this, the last, I believe it's a lot. Let me check this before I go ahead and say it. So this is dropping the last week in September, guys. Looking forward, looking into the future of this coming week. It's pretty exciting. We have Venom. Let There Be Carnage dropping in freaking theaters. And I am stoked. They just released a extended trailer where we get a bit more of Carnage, Woody Harrelson, a little bit more Tom Hardy action, a little bit more of the Shriek. And golly, it, I, I am super stoked for this for several reasons one it's a different flavor it, it really is not in a bad way i i'm not one of the uh the folks that is shitting all over venom i like the first venom was it a perfect movie was it a 10 out of 10 no it wasn't uh but i didn't expect it to be i like how it's kind of quirky i like the comedy between tom hardy and his symbiote brother, his alter ego, his his newly acquired friend. Um, and I like how the story unfolded in the first movie. And I think Woody Harrelson's going to bring it as the crazy freaking psychopath that Venom is, or not Venom, excuse me, that Carnage is in the up and coming movie. And I hope it, I hope it is very successful. Now, you know, there's going to be challenges. The unfortunate thing is COVID and there's upticks and there's this and there's that. And, you know, the pandemic times are uh, are different times for sure. And we'll, we'll see. But again, I think there's a really cool story that's going to be told here. Um, the scenes that I've seen so far just excite me and... There is a big notion with this new this new uh, trailer mentioning, I, I believe it mentioned it or it had a tagline or something in it about the universe is about to get bigger or we're joining the universe or something of that context. And is that alluding to joining the MCU? One would think um, a lot of different speculation on that in itself, but nonetheless, it's coming. Are you guys going to go see it? Drop a comment down below. Let's get this thing rallied up before 
hand. Um, yeah, once once uh, I see it, I will be more than happy to talk about it. <laughs> dropping the same day. So that's dropping October 1st, which we know the release date has moved around. It went forward, went backwards, went forward, went backwards. But that's the official release date at this time. The same day, I am extremely excited for completely different reasons than I am for Venom. Many Saints of Newark is coming out. And if you're not familiar with this, this is the prequel to the the hit show, The Sopranos. Now, this was a project that was announced prior to James Gandolfini's passing which is it sucks because I, I was I am still a huge James Gandolfini fan, but um he passed. Obviously, a lot of things have happened uh, since then. The movie got delayed. This casting, writing, so forth and so on. Um, but to see his son take on the mantle of a young Tony Soprano, and to see you know the young puss, the young this, the young these characters. In their, I wouldn't say their youth because some of them are not young in their youth, but we got John Bernthal in there and so many um, for the rise of the Soprano, or I'm assuming the rise of the Soprano family and others. I am so freaking excited for this movie and hope that this is one of several movies or several, possibly a show kicking off. We'll have to see, but that's going to be available in theaters and available on HBO. HBO Max, October 1st. So if you guys aren't familiar with any of that and you appreciate kind of the crime family mobster shows, go back and check out The Sopranos or not and watch Many Sense of Newark and then watch The Sopranos. But I'm telling you, if you like the Scorsese stuff, if you like the Godfather stuff and you for some reason miss The Sopranos, then you're really missing out on something that was just, it's just an incredible show. Much anticipation for the up and coming movie. Also again, available the same day as fucking Venom. So October 1st, don't fucking call me. Don't text me. I'll talk to you via podcast (laughs) the day after or what have you. Um, let's see what else do we got here? Uh, the new season for doom patrol is out now on HBO max. They released the first three episodes. Um, I'm not going to spoil those for you if you have not seen that, but if you haven't seen the first season, I believe it's the first season. Was it one season, two seasons? No, I think it's two seasons. This is the third season. I think of doom patrol that again is a fun, crazy fucking story. That's being told. It goes into shit that, you would never even think of the thing that I love about Doom Patrol. Absolutely love one. It's rated R. Two. Uh, the reason I appreciate it being rated R is because the stories that they're telling it. It is very, very, very much so a comic book. Gen- you know, the ideas and the crazy concepts that remind me of a comic book, and the characters are in it are crazy. The shit they do, the stuff that happens. It is just so far out there. It's crazy to me, and it's highly enjoyable. Um, yeah, again, that's Doom Patrol season three is out now. So if you guys want to tune and check that out, that's available on HBO Max. Again, they dropped the first three seasons. I'm not sure, or I can't recall what day of the week they're gonna 
continue dropping episodes, but we also are heading into the wrap-up of Titans on HBO Max as well. Another great series. In fact, this last season of Titans, they went through an incredible story arc, and I thought that was going to be the end of the show for the season. But no, they kept going. The story arc continues, and I'm like, damn, they're really... (laughs) they're giving it it's all again is it is it the best highest produced you know well crafted polished to the teeth no but i feel like that it gives it more of an organic kind of quirky feel that both shows require to some degree in my opinion um you know would i have liked to see titans at like a uh, mcu level yeah i mean of course uh, but it's not, and that's okay because I love the characters in it. I like the, I like how goofy some of the shit is. How you know, like Doom Patrol CGI. It's not the best, but I don't. It doesn't bother me because the story and, and just the stuff that they do in the show is just like, yeah, keep this thing going, guys. So those are two DC shows. Another one, a DC slash. I think it's DC slash Vertigo. I think I mentioned this before, maybe not, um, but there is a audio book called The Sandman, which is the DC Vertigo. Um, it's by Neil Gaiman, which I've mentioned several times over, huge Neil Gaiman fan. The audio book is fucking stunning. However, it is hard R, and I'm telling you that up front because there are sequences and scenes and descriptors in there that are like mind-blowing now why am i bringing this up do i want you to listen to an audiobook well if you want to then do it i listen to audiobooks as often as i can but if you're on audible.com don't forget culture jacked is available for your listening there as well anyways the point of this was of me explaining the the book is like fucking 19 hours long or something i'm i think i'm halfway through finally like 10 hours in this audiobook, because there's a full casting on it, it, it'll get you on the edge of your fucking seat. And the up-and-coming Netflix Sandman show is based on the Neil Gaiman Sandman. The new teaser trailer just dropped, and I am fucking blown away. Because I had, I had thought it was going to be the same stories or story. Um, but I wasn't sure. And I, to be honest, I didn't invest a lot of time to look into it. And then I'm listening to, or I'm watching the audio or I'm watching the video, excuse me, watching the teaser trailer that just dropped. And I was like, wait a second, this is like per almost verbatim of the audio book. Um, and then of course I read an article on it and yes, of course it is the Neil Gaiman version of it. Now I'm sure they'll do their own thing or what, what have you, but good Lord, this is going to be fucking intense. And, and it's, there's going to be, if they go as far as what I heard in the audiobook, holy shit, get ready for some extreme stuff to happen because this is a hell of a story. And there is some incredible DC tie-ins that I was blown away with. Um, like real DC tie-ins. You guys got to check this out. If anything, just watch the trailer. That's not going to give you as much as uh, what I'm trying to explain without ruining it for you, but uh, more to come. I am stoked to see 
the next trailer and what else they've got in store for us. And I hope you guys are as well, because it's going to be, it's just going to extreme is a good way to put it. Um, Witcher season two trailer it recently dropped Geralt. Oh, fuck this, this fall guys is going to be just nuts. I'm super stoked for that as well. Uh, I, I, I just have loved what they've done with the, the Witcher, uh, the characters, the story that's being told in it, um, how well it was done. I, I felt like it gave some justice to the character we know and love from the video games. And yeah, I mean, I, I have no doubt they're going to, they are going to totally continue to build off the character, to build off of what they're doing. And, you know, rightfully so, I, I, I'm just stoked. And I believe that's out in December. Is it December 17th? I could be wrong there. Um, another trailer I caught a quick clip on, and Dustin would be better better suited to probably over-explain this, uh, this than me. But nonetheless, it looks like a fun show to watch, and that's a Cowboy Bebop trailer recently dropped. So if you guys haven't caught that, which was based on the manga, 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 uh, animated, I, I thought... I'm pretty sure there's an animated show on this um, as well. Cause I think I've seen some cowboy bebop could be wrong. Um, anyways, that's coming soon as well. Let me, uh, uh, let's see next one on the list. Another thing that's coming soon that, which was awesome is a Nintendo animated movie where we have Chris Pratt is going to play Mario. He recently released an IG video fucking off and, and just screwing around with it. And he's like, no, I'm working on a special voice. You guys have never heard yet as Mario. And who's going to be Luigi? You ask Charlie day, incredible choice. If you're not familiar with Charlie day, he is from a little show called it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's been in what horrible bosses he was in. Wasn't he in Godzilla? I think, I feel like he was in Godzilla. I, I could be wrong there, but incredible incredibly funny guy um yeah stoked for that we also got seth rogan i think i don't know if it's confirmed or not but uh what i read in the videos i saw it was uh, he was going to take on the character of toad we also have the character bowser being voiced by jack black and others are associated with this let them run let them run with this this could be freaking awesome you know, obviously not 100% sure on what kind of story they're going to try to portray. Is it going to be just straight up Mario as we know and love it? Is it going to go kind of the uh, the Batman Lego route where it's kind of mocking itself and they bring in a lot of other characters, kind of a, a, a Wreck-It Ralph style? Well, you know, what, what angle are they going to try to approach this IP from? Because it's been long overdue. I mean, we all remember the, uh, it was what, John Leguizamo and Golly, I can't remember the other character, the other guy's name. The live action movie that came out in the nineties that did not do so well. Um, so, anyways, excited to see what what direction they go and what's to come on that. Um, recently, I read a real brief snippet of an article just discussing that Extraction Two, the Chris Hemsworth Netflix movie, is in the works still. Uh, a lot of high anticipation. And whatnot. And then to be honest, I'm stoked to see it. Uh, Extraction One with Chris Hemsworth was a badass movie. Very well, 
cre- the creative side, the the production, the everything came together. Chris Hemsworth did a great job. The story was great. And so, you know, bring on part two. Um, two more articles I want to talk. I'm going to end with kind of a big one. But this next one, I was just reading through some stuff. And I was like, oh, that's just very interesting. And I actually read about this a while ago, not under this context, but I wanted to share it under the context in which I'm going to. After I get a drink of something. Um, Collider brings why Martin Scorsese's silence is Andrew Garfield's most underrated performances. The actor both mentally and physically transformed himself for this role as a Jesuit priest. Andrew Garfield faced serious career skepticism in 2016. In less than a decade, he had quickly earned critical acclaim for his performance in the indie dramas Boy A and Never Let Me Go, all while appearing in works with the industry titans such as Robert Redford, Terry Gillum, and Spike Jones. After an awards-set season run for the social network and landing the role in The Next Spider-Man, Garfield was posed or poised uh, to be the most talked about actor of his generation. Yet in a few short years, he was dropped from the Spider-Man series and risked being the next Taylor Klitsch. Actually, I like that guy. Taylor Klitsch. I'm fucking his name up. Um, Hopefully we'll see more of him. He's been in several movies, one being uh, Savages. He was in True Detective um, and several other movies. Um, I think he was in Lone Survivor, too. Uh, Garfield's exit from the spotlight was brief, and by the end of 2016, it seemed like he was untouchable again. He bounced back from Amazing Spider, the Spider-Man fiasco, the failed award season from 99 Homes, and his performance in Hacksaw Ridge. In the seemingly unlikeliness of circumstances, Mel Gibson's hyper-violent war epic became a career comeback vehicle for both the controversial director and Garfield who landed his first Academy Award nomination in the same year. He just so happened to be the lead in the new Martin Scorsese movie silence. Scorsese's passion project, which he described as an obsession. He acquired the rights to Shisuko Indo's novel in 1990 and developed after 25 years of setbacks. But when the film finally reached theaters in December of 2016, it became one of Scorsese's rare box office bombs. Between the lack of major award nominations, niche religious subject matter, competitive market for adult dramas, and 161-minute runtime, Scorsese's passion project unfortunately disappeared. It wasn't only a tragedy for Scorsese, but Garfield had pushed himself to physically and emotional limits, delivering an unforgettable performance in an underseen masterpiece. The film follows two Jesuit priests. Uh, sub, oh, I'm messing these names. We'll just say Sebastião Rodriguez Garfield and Francisco Garup, which is Adam Driver, who traveled to the 17th century feudal Japan to locate their lost mentor, Cristavo Ferreira, Liam Neeson. The journey is treacherous as local militias fiercely persecute Japanese Christians and the characters are subjected to violent torture. The questions of reckoning faith and doubt were ones Scorsese had dealt with personally 
for his entire life. Garfield was being called upon to voice the deepest existential anxieties of one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Gar- Garfield fleshes out the potentially a Stewart character with his inherent sensitivity. And then it, it just goes on to, it goes on and on to explain how he pretty much owned this role. And I'm trying to kind of go through because I, th- I feel like I, s- I kind of swore I saw this, but maybe not. Silence is a film that's easier to admire than it is to love. Films centered on religion often seem to take a place with isolated realities, but Scorsese grounds Rodrigo's odyssey as a grim reality. However, the three decades he dedicated to one of the most personal films would have been unsuccessful or would have, wouldn't have been successful if it didn't have a captivating character at the center. Garfield will likely go on to make more bold choices and diversify his body of work, but silence will remain one of his most committed performances. Okay. So you may be wondering why the hell did I just go through all of that? Um, you may or may not know about this movie. Um, I remember reading about it on and off and I, I think I saw this movie. I could be wrong. I may have to go back and rewatch it again. Um, but nonetheless, it's a great story about the actors we love and the actors that fade and kind of what happens. And I just thought it was a really compelling story about Andrew Garfield, who, again, I mean, we all knew him as he jumped into the role of Spider-Man. We knew him in social network and and in other movies, but did you know that about that actor and many other actors, not many other actors, there's not that many that have been, um, capable of doing what he was doing, but, uh, I just thought it was cool to see, um, that, uh, come forward and, and yeah, just to kind of share that story with you guys. Okay. The last story on the list and then, and then we'll move on. Okay. This is huge, huge news. I've read several different articles. We're going to go with this one as the premise of this. Um, again, it was on collider. Marvel is suing comic creators to retain rights to several Avengers characters, including Iron Man and Spider-Man. This isn't the first time the company struggled to keep hold of its characters. So this is pretty wild. Again, this news is going all over the place. Um, I'm not going to act like I am a subject matter expert or attorneys or I understand what contracts are in play and not are in play. Let me be clear on that. This, my opinion on this is my opinion as it is. And we'll just go through this article. It looks like Marvel has found itself tied up in some legal issues and not the kind that Daredevil can sort out. The Hollywood Reporter writes that the company is is suing several hairs of some of the iconic writers and artists in order to maintain the copyright of multiple Avenger characters, including Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Black Widow, Falcon, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, and more. The complaints center around the legal issue of copyright termination or the idea that Marvel could lose the rights to recreate and continue using some of their most iconic characters. According to THR, the complaints have been filed against their, the, essentially the families of the late comic book icons, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, and Gene Cohen, as well as Black Widow creator Don Rico who have filed claims for copyright termination. As a part of these claims, the original authors 
and their families rather can seek the termination of copyright or the exclusive rights to make copies of a work granted to their characters that was created as works for hire. A larger publisher, after waiting a certain number of years, lawsuits have been filed against Larry Liber, Don Heck, Patrick Dicko, Rico, and Keith Detweiler. Disney will co-own the rights if these cases are ruled in the favor of the plaintiffs rather than possessing sole ownership. The studio would also have to share any profits involved. The lawsuit comes after the administrators of Ditko's estate filed a notice of termination on the character of Spider-Man, who he had created by the artist as a piece for hire in 1962. Other termination notices have also been filed. If Marvel does not succeed in preventing termination for any or all of these characters, they will begin to lose copyrights starting in early June 2023. This is not the first time this type of litigation has occurred over comic book characters. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, creators of Superman, fought the termination of rights against DC for their iconic characters a battle that would continue for decades even after their deaths, ultimately unsuccessfully. Marvel has even put up with some of this kind of issue before when Jack Kirby's estate sought termination of copyright of Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Incredible Hulk, and the Mighty Thor, which also ended in success for the publisher. How this particular case will play out is yet to be determined, but THR reports that the litigation represented by Dan Petricelli is set to focus on the importance of the so-called Marvel method, a loose collaboration working atmosphere where initial ideas were briefly discussed with artists' responsibility of taking care of the details. If only a real superhero were here to sort things out. So that wraps up that that wraps up that article and it's difficult right i mean obviously marvel by any and every stretch of every imagination on demand will do whatever it takes to retain these ips because these are billion dollar ips these aren't these aren't 50 dollar these aren't 100 or 100,000 or 500,000 or million dollar this is a billion dollar business i mean fuck some of the movies have grossed over a billion dollars and all the characters tied to it. And we're just talking movies. We're not talking about all the all the comic books. We're not talking about all the t-shirts. We're not talking about all the, the action figures and the video games and everything else that's tied to these characters as a whole. Now, with that being said, does it make it right or does it square up or true up what these the intent is i don't know again i don't know what the original agreements are what stan lee had an agreement with marvel and with disney um or or any of these folks steve ditko gene gene colin uh don rico i have no clue so i'm not going to act like it because even in this article they don't actually go into that this is the families of these people that are that are uh uh, intentionally or they are intentionally seeking something, which I'm assuming is financial, uh, some kind of financial justification for continuing to utilize the characters that their family has created. Now, um, should there be 
some kind of, I, I don't want to say restitution, but should there be some kind of payment uh, back to these families for these characters that continue to, to do this, that, and the other? That's a good question. Because another good question is, who is recreating these stories and where are these other uh, writers and whatnot? Now, it can it will be also argued, you know, where are all these other characters coming from, right? Um, it, it's a very tricky and slippery slope and who should get paid, who shouldn't get paid kind of situation. So I'm not going to say what's right or wrong. Um, what I like to believe that Disney would want to would want to kick something back to the families. I, I would like to think that they would, but I don't again know what, what arrangements were made. I also don't want to speculate that just because, you know, Stan Lee or Steve Ditko or, or Jack Kirby for that matter, um, created the X-Men, whatever, 50 years ago, you know, and should he be getting paid for, characters or stories that are loosely tied to the original i don't know i'm not a fucking attorney do i want to see the mc mcu lose the copyrights to these characters so they can go out to the highest bidder and it gets sparsed apart and then everything implode fuck no do i want to think that the creators especially the stanley the jack kirby's the 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 founding fathers of the mcu characters get fucked over from some deal or or no actually it's it's not getting fucked over from a deal it's getting fucked over from not having a deal struck no i don't so i'm gonna tell you just like just like what we talked about with the black widow there's gonna be a lot of speculation to come there's already a ton out there with this um and again we don't have i don't currently have and and i'm assuming collider and thr and all these other hollywood reporter they don't have enough incriminating evidence to sway one way or the other. We don't fully understand the grounds that they're standing on other than what was speculated or stated in this article. We also don't know what grounds Disney has because given the certain situation, we also, myself, you, the people you know, unless, well, I mean, somebody could be an attorney on here that knows whatever, what are they based out of California, California law or whatever whatever federal law copyright law um and all of that and you could go through it but you still don't have the information to go through so it's again speculation so in the end i will be talking about this as more unfolds uh we'll see you know we'll see i don't want to see any any kind of shit being thrown either direction on this deal personally like i said Maybe Disney can hear out what the family's actually trying to seek. And I'm sure that they're doing something already. I mean, they've got some pretty heavy, pretty heavily paid attorneys, and they'll just send Wilson Fisk over. (laughs) So anyways, guys, we'll continue that conversation at a later date. Um, It's scary to think that they could lose lose all of these characters or partially lose them because, again, they're not going to own they're not going to own the characters outright. But if they had if they have the ability to manipulate the trajectory or what, what can be done and not done with the characters, that's kind of a farce and kind of a, not, not a good thing because on that side of the fence, I personally don't believe that the, that the families of these great creators are 
equipped and I could be wrong. Maybe they are, but um, are equipped to make judgments on what a character should and shouldn't be doing. I mean, that's, that's why Kevin Feige has been so successful in the team that he has and the writers and whatnot. So a debate for a different day. <laughs> that's what I got guys. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into the weekend wire here on the culture Jack podcast. Don't forget, take a moment, hit that subscribe button, guys, share the content. We've got new stuff dropping every single week. We've got video game news. We got movie and TV news. We got original content. We've got a ton of things that will suit your fans at some point. <laughs> and like I said, if you guys maybe listen to this week's episodes and you're wondering what to listen to next, well, we've got something like 250 backlogged stuff that we've been producing for years for you guys. So you guys can always check those episodes out as well. Where we're going into all kinds of really cool and fun topics. So that's what I got for you guys. We'll catch up with you in the next episode.